Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast It's another week We've got Roni, we've got Atlanta season finale And most importantly We have fresh news about Kim Zolciak-Bierman and Croy, and the never-ending saga that is their life. Uh, I will get into it in just a minute. I hope everyone had a great weekend. You know, personally, I uh, I really intended yesterday to watch The Pass, which is uh, Drew Drew's acting exercise that she did with Candy and Todd that we saw on the show. Um you know, all of those sex scenes and, you know, all of those days and days of, I think, 11 days of filming that they did for this movie. Um, You know, unfortunately, I was just not in the mood yesterday to watch The Pass. Um, It's now streaming on Peacock. So TBD this week, if I find time in my busy schedule to watch this movie, um, you know, perhaps I will. But but I'm not making any promises. But if if you feel strongly that you do want me to watch the pass, um, I suppose let me know in a five star review, and perhaps I will. This movie, I will say, it's an hour and forty minutes long. I like that it's short. Um, Drew said on the show that she wouldn't do anything below Lifetime, and I think I would say okay. I would say Peacock Original is a higher caliber than Lifetime, except for the fact that I don't think, I think this movie is only on Peacock because of the Housewives tie-in. So I think, you know, I'll have to watch it and, and, you know, God, fuck, now I have to watch this movie. I had talked myself kind of out of watching it and then I feel like I just talked myself back into needing to watch it. Um, But I guess what I mean is that I don't think that the Peacock streaming home is necessarily indicative of the quality, but rather just the, the brand synergy that um, NBC Universal likes to build. Um, you know, it's like when Kyle Richards is in the Peacock original Christmas movie, or they like to do these things. So TBD on watching the past, uh, but but maybe on Wednesday or Thursday's episode, I will, uh, I will have changed my mind. But um, back to Kim and Croy. So you may have seen the news last Thursday. Croy filed for divorce from Kim once again. We are so back. We are we we uh, we are back in divorce land with Kim and Croy. Um, if you if you recall, they originally both filed for divorce against each other in May of this year, and then withdrew those divorce petitions in July. So, you know, there had been a lot of reports and rumors and sources and 
whatnot in between those times. Um, but since July, things have been pretty quiet for the most part with the, the Zolciak Biermans. But last Thursday, Croy filed once again, and this is according to TMZ. Quote, sources close to the estranged couple tell us Kim and Croy had been arguing for several weeks about money before Thursday's filing, and things had gotten, quote, nasty. As for specifics, we're told each has been on the other's case about not paying various bills. They blame each other for their serious financial mess. As one source said, they've gotten ridiculously petty over who hasn't paid bills. They're counting down to pennies. <laughs> oh my god the way that the way that these sources talk about kim and croy's money issues i feel like we're watching like oliver twist like little orphan annie they're counting down to pennies they're like rubbing dimes together for heat God, it's bleak. But so according to this article on Thursday morning of last week, they had gotten in another fight and Croy threatened to file for divorce and Kim dared him to do it. And then he did. So that's, um, you know, I would say just anytime you're in a relationship, if you're getting to the point of an ultimatum or of, of daring the other person to do something, chances are the relationship is not in the healthiest place um that's just kind of my overall impression of um of relationships i've watched a lot of housewives um (laughs) but not only not only did croy file for divorce on thursday but also on thursday and this maybe you haven't heard kim zolciak bierman got sued by Saks and capital one over unpaid credit card fees. Oh boy, the money situation. It's, you know, she wants to tell us her house isn't in foreclosure. She wants to tell us she's, you know, on her rich bitch energy, whatever. People on their rich bitch energy don't get sued over unpaid credit card bills. Kimberly, come on. So this is from page six. She reportedly hadn't made payments on the bill since September 2022 when she paid $4,179. However, since then, charges and fees have racked up to a total outstanding balance of $156,080.64 plus now all court costs. That's what she's being sued for. Oh boy, this isn't good. This is not good. I'm assuming this is a a Saks like store credit card because it's she was sued by Saks and Capital One. And I would just generally say, first of all, I've been told, I've heard, I I'm not a financial wizard by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not sure getting the store credit card if you are somebody who is perhaps in a precarious financial position. I'm not sure it's wise to have the Saks Fifth Avenue credit card. Because sure, maybe you get cash back at Saks, or maybe you get points or or something. Again, I don't know. I've never looked into it. But unless you are making, I would say millions of dollars, you should not be spending $156,080 at Saks in one year. I just... Because Saks is not, you're not buying groceries at Saks. You're not getting school supplies for the kids. You're not, 
you're not getting toilet paper at Saks Fifth Avenue. If this is really an amount that she has spent at Saks, that is solely like shoes, bags, clothes, perhaps a, a candle or an accessory or skincare, perfume, you know, it's a department store. They've got different, perhaps even like household items. Is Saks like a, is Saks like a, a department store where you can get like kitchen wares or a, a bedding perhaps? Okay. So, so the $156,000, she could have outfitted, you know, much of her home, her not being foreclosed upon home. She, but the thing is, Kimberly, $156,000, she's spending more money on this credit card than most people make in a year. And like I said, you're not getting your toilet paper at Saks. You're not getting your groceries. These are all purchases that probably didn't need to be made because anything that you're buying at Saks, if you're actually like a broke bitch, you could buy it at TJ Maxx, mama. You could go to Walmart. You could go to Target. Any um, any discount retailer. Any Kim has six kids. Go to Costco. Go to Sam's Club. Get that. Get that card. Work those discounts. Do the wholesale. I don't think Kim Zolciak Bierman is in a position to be shopping at Saks Fifth Avenue. And to be clear, neither am I for the most part. You know, I've dabbled. I love an overpriced candle every now and then. But, you know, I'm not at Saks enough to think, oh, maybe the credit card would be a good idea. And I don't think she should be either. This has been, <laughs> this has been the money corner. Um, <laughs> God. What if I did a recurring segment where I just analyzed a different Bravo Lebs finances every week? I would probably get sued for libel. Or would that be defamation? No, I think libel. If I, if I was like, allegedly, here's who's broke this week. Let me tell you, I don't think I would run out of material very quickly. But, you know, I guess the broke bitch, the broke bitch of the week is Kim Zolciak-Bierman. Um, I am, I'm stressed out on her behalf to now potentially be dealing with a divorce and a credit card lawsuit uh, filed on the same day. That is bleak. But overall, this Kim and Croy stuff, I need them to shit or get off the pot. If you're getting divorced, get a divorce. If you're not, don't. But leave us out of it. I Look, was this season of Real Housewives of Atlanta a, a slam dunk? No, not really. Uh, we've been over it. But I also don't think Kim is coming back. I just don't see that being the answer. And, you know, they're not getting another spinoff unless they go to like, I don't know, Zeus or WeTV or something. <laughs> so... This Kim and Croy stuff, as much as I clearly can ramble on about it for ages, I, I don't really know if there's any there there. Um, and also the kids. They still have little kids. Figure it out for the kids, will you? And leave us out of it. Except unless there's like juicy stuff, then I want to know. But eh, whatever. Calling all my honeys. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Whether you're a bride, a wedding guest, or simply seeking everyday smoothing, Honeylove is the go-to for all things shapewear. Honeylove has revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honeylove on sale, 
Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The Superpower Short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence. Thanks to Honeylove. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. I guess I'll just talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta a tiny bit now. Um, so they had their finale last night. Um, the, the really interesting stuff, I got to say, it's just Drew and Ralph. This scene of them going to therapy with Dr. Ken. Ooh. So Drew's issue is that Ralph has moved out of their shared bedroom. He didn't say anything before. It's what, It wasn't a conversation. It wasn't a decision they made together. He just moved the fuck out. Dr. Ken asks how that makes them feel. Drew says, alone. Ralph says, liberated. That seems, you know, the writing's on the wall, really, with this couple. And it has been. But, like, to see now, it's like Drew Drew is so deep in her mindset of, like, wanting to make this work, or at least so she says. And Ralph is, like, not even caring to pretend to want to think about trying the scene where they're at home with her her sister there and ralph is talking to or drew's talking to ralph about the stuff with courtney and calling her a bitch and xyz and drew's like well so we have a problem he's like well what did she say about me and she's like babe the problem is that i don't fuck with her because she said something about me and therefore like you also then don't get to fuck with her and Drew is doing her job here in terms of a reality TV narrative where it's like, no, 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 no. We need to talk about this on camera because it's a storyline on the show. And Ralph has been on this show long enough. And I mean, Ralph is a fucking drama queen. Ralph eats this shit up. When they're at the thing with Dr. Ken, he's like grinning about the fact that he moved out of the bedroom because Drew likes to keep the heat too warm. Like, shut the fuck up. You're uh, uh, prince like total drama queen but then he acts like he doesn't understand the narrative that's happening with courtney and then he goes down into the kitchen and 
Drew's sister is telling him that it basically doesn't matter what Courtney said, whether or not she said bitch or banana or that that's the example she gave. I'm like, she could call her banana. The problem is she doesn't like it, which she's right. But also it's like banana. Okay. Where's that coming from? Overall, clearly Drew and Ralph, there's nothing to do here. There's nothing to be won or gained or anything. But it's like, it's still tough to watch. And in the reunion preview that came out last week, which was on the episode last night, Ralph is there. He comes out. They have this little segment. I'm not sure if Drew knew that Ralph was going to be at the reunion. I mean, she must have, she must have, it must have occurred to her that this might happen. She's been on the show for three seasons. But Andy asks if they still want to try and make their relationship work. And he's like, well, of course I do, Andy. I love, I love my wife. And she's like, you just told me you were getting blowjobs around the world. Blowjobs around the world. I mean, sounds, sounds fun. Doesn't sound like what you should be doing if you want to focus on getting your marriage back on track. This it just occurred to me that blowjobs around the world, um, it's really reminiscent of this SNL sketch from several years ago. Now, it was a music video that was like, Aidy Bryant and Cecily Strong, and the song, the song is called sounds so stupid. If you haven't seen it, the song is called Dongs All Over the World. Oh God! Pause the episode. Go to YouTube. Come back in three minutes. Dongs all over the world. That might be a deep cut, but I guess guess Ralph can relate. (sighs) Wow. What to do about these two? I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see the reunion, actually. It's only a two-parter, which I think feels appropriate for this season. And I'm always hopeful that when a a long-running show gets a two-part reunion, it can either, it can mean one of two things. Sometimes it means that it was boring and nothing happened. And sometimes it means that they could have gone with three parts, but they went with the like snappier, quicker version of the edit. And therefore there's going to be less filler. And I'm hoping that with this season of Atlanta, was it the best season ever? Obviously not. Were there things that felt like missed opportunities. Yeah. But I'm hoping that there was enough going on that a two part, a two part reunion will actually feel appropriate and like a good, a good pace on it. We'll see. Remains to be seen. Sonia notably, doesn't utter a single word in the reunion trailer, which seems like a bad sign for her. Overall, I've liked seeing Sonya on the show these couple of seasons. I think she's been really open about her family stuff. I think that's been interesting. Um, she's had some good moments with the ladies, but it, it does feel like after her second season, she still feels kind of like the new girl in the group in a way, which I mean, on paper she is, but you shouldn't be thinking about it after two seasons. And I do wonder... You know, we talked about after this season if they feel if they'll feel like they need to do a little bit more of a switch up. And I feel like 
it's not a great sign for Sonya if she's sort of still struggling to get in a word at the reunion on her second season. And we'll see. I mean, she's she is pregnant again. She's going to have another kid. So that could be something interesting. But also that could be a reason why she maybe takes a step back. It's It could go both ways. And also she still stays busy with her um, her commentating work for NBC for track and field. The track and field world championships just ended yesterday, I think. And if you if you watch any of the clips, if you listen to anything, she's on there. She's calling these races. She's doing a great job. So, you know, if she's having this baby and she feels like she needs time, it almost might be a good thing for her to take a step back or even she could be a friend of, she could be a guest. I don't, I don't dislike having her around, but I do, you just kind of have to wonder, is there enough space to, to keep everyone, but then to also do something new? And I, I don't necessarily know that anybody else in the cast really makes sense to get rid of at this point. So it's a tricky, it's a tricky equation, but I, we'll see after the reunion. We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I suppose we should talk about Roni. We got the mid-season trailer the other day. It looks great. I'm so excited to see these women go on a proper trip to Anguilla. That, I think, is going to be fun. We're seeing Sai and Bryn fighting in the trailer. We're seeing Aaron and Uba fighting in the trailer. We're seeing, you know, more of Jessel just not giving a fuck, doing whatever she wants. We're seeing, I mean, Jenna being Jenna. This was a good Jenna episode. I liked seeing her her love scene casting, explaining that her real birth name is Judith. Judith Agar Lyons. It makes a lot of sense. You know, it's like I would never look at her and go, I bet her name is Judith. But once you know it, it's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Judith, it kind of, it kind of clicks. But her, the fact that Jenna came from her brother teasing her and calling her Jenna, Jenna, Jenna Oh my God. That's a, that is a, that changes the way you look at someone. When you find out that the name that they have always, you know, 
been known by is genitalia. It's not what I would have expected. (sighs) We are, of course, in the wake of Aaron and Abe's anniversary party where the women were, you know, wildly inappropriate talking during the speeches. Um, (laughs) Seeing them at home and Aaron's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I've been getting texts from everyone. My phone's been blowing up. People saying how fun the party was, how good the food was. Sigh. I don't know if I believe that Aaron's phone was blowing up with texts about how good the food was at this party. I just think if somebody had a good party, you know, it was a beautiful event. Maybe there was more food there than Sai led us to believe. But still, the most it was was it was hors d'oeuvres, past, past plates. Looking at that event, I don't think anybody would text about the food. You would say the venue was gorgeous. The the decor was stunning. Aaron looked beautiful. The speeches were lovely. The vows were so nice. The food. Maybe, I mean, maybe somebody mentioned the food. I don't think her phone was blowing up with texts about the food. That sounds unrealistic. But, you know, the bigger issue is the lady's behavior. Um, Of course, Aaron's sister, Kelly, snitched about them talking during the vows. We'll come back to Kelly later. Abe is telling her about the joke that Bryn made about getting out of the marriage and how they're not, you know, if she gets divorced. And Abe is laughing about it. Aaron is so disgusted. She says she doesn't know how she'll be in the same room as her. It's, It's a little bit... I do feel... I saw it. I think it was Alex Abad Santos tweeted how Aaron is like such a good housewife. Like she clearly is so prepared for this and really did her homework and knows kind of what to do on housewives, but that she can't, the thing that she seems to be lacking is the ability to kind of laugh at herself and not take things too seriously. And I feel like this situation with Bryn is kind of, showcasing that that she doesn't have that kind of innate sense of letting things roll off her back that it's like is is this something that's worth bringing up sure we need storylines we need conflict i'm i'm here for it but is this something that's worth like screaming at brand about and then storming out of her wreath decorating thing and then calling your sister on the street and, uh, you know, commiserating about how Bran is such a bitch. I don't, I don't think it's that deep. I think, I mean, I think it was totally in the realm of whatever to be like, hey, I don't really think it was cool. Uh, you know, that event was really special for us. It, it, we, we can laugh and make jokes, but, you know, talking about divorce at my vow not vow renewal it's not a vow renewal i guess they just said vows at an anniversary party like it was a little too far and bryn is kind of i think bryn gets that bryn's not like horrified that aaron said anything i think it's that aaron feels like she's at a 10 and bryn is just like babe it's not that deep and this is a you know i think it's something that on housewives you kind of have to figure out the calculation of how heated to get about individual scenarios where it's like, okay, this is something that is worth arguing about. 
it's worth whatever. But for Aaron to come into this wreath decorating thing and say, I, I want to return the favor and ruin Bryn's party. Bryn didn't ruin your party. You didn't, you wouldn't have even known about anything that was happening with Bryn at that party, unless your snitch sister and your snitch husband told you about it. More, more, more heavy on the snitch sister. I don't think Abe did anything wrong except laughing at her jokes. <laughs> the fact that everyone is like, oh no, Abe thought it was funny. And Aaron's like, well, I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care if my husband thought it was funny. I didn't think it was funny. And it's like, you didn't know. Oh, people are so dramatic. It's like your event was not ruined. You had a perfectly lovely evening. When, when she's talking about going to the Dominican with her cousins and Aaron's like, well, actually you would have met the cousin if you stayed if you shut the fuck up when they were giving a speech it's like oh my god the speeches were a lot if somebody went up there with multiple typed pages for a speech like no no nobody even wants that at the wedding let alone at the 10 year anniversary party I don't know Aaron's also mad at Cy for leaving early and you know not saying goodbye she says she has bad manners and that she's like obsessed with, with being hungry which it's not not true I don't know. I feel like that's another thing where Sai feels like it's kind of like her like shtick, her thing to be the one who's like constantly talking about food. And it's like, right. Like we like housewives that eat. We like kind of like a running bit, but also it's like Bryn's wreath decorating thing was in the middle of the day and she had food there and you're complaining because she doesn't have oatmeal. And she's like, who wants to eat fried food for breakfast? It's like, well, well me, I'll, I love like a chicken and waffle, a hash brown, even like a a breakfast sandwich or breakfast pizza. Like the fact that she has food from Bubby's, which is good. Like it's good brunch food. And Cy acts like it's this like tragedy that it's not exactly what she would have chosen to eat for herself. It's like that is kind of like, you know, grow up a little bit. But talking about the, the Aaron's thing when she's like, well, maybe you should have eaten before. It's like, babe, you said everybody was texting you about the food. Like, clearly the food was part of the event or it was supposed to be. <laughs> Suffice it to say, I, I thought this was a good episode, even if I seem to be annoyed at all the conflicts that are happening. My favorite part of the episode, though, was probably the scenes with Jessel. First, we see her dinner with Pavitt. <laughs> When they're they're walking to this restaurant, they're at Kiva in, in Hudson Yards, which like, God, why? But he's like, it's a really cool little area. And Jessica goes, this area? <laughs> she's so fucking funny. I can't get enough of her. Um, you know, she's complaining that she thought while, their mo- while her mom was staying with them that she would be helping more. But instead, she's sleeping until like 8 a.m. What the fuck is that? And we get the footage of her reminding her to wipe the fingerprints off the counter. It's like, oh my God, she is so, so entertaining to me. But she feels like she's wearing a hundred hats now with the babies and going back to work and having to, you know, look gorgeous on all her Zoom calls, which I totally understand. Um, You know, I also put a lot of effort into my appearance for all of my Zoom calls. Um, So yeah, I get it when you're, when you're, you know, spending hours in a glam chair, just so on a, a 30 minute touch base you're, you know, I can't even say this with a straight face. I'm like, no, I've never once like tried to look nice. You know what was rough? 
earlier in the pandemic when we would have housewives and Bravo celebrities on this podcast and everything was over Zoom. And I was just trying not to look like a sweaty mess on Zoom because I would have to turn off my air conditioning because it was too loud for the microphone. And I'm, I'm, you know, situating my computer just so in my apartment so it doesn't look like nasty in the background. Not that nasty, but like messy. <laughs> and then he, and then you get on Zoom with like Dorit Kemsley, who's in her like air conditioned paradise of a shoe closet, looking perfect, full glam, and it, like that is humbling. So maybe that's what Jessel, you know, is dealing with every day. I get it. It's tough. But she really wants to have this third baby, and Pavit does not seem to be on board. I have a feeling this will change. I think this is one of those storylines where it's like, it's a, it's a good storyline. If they want to have another kid, they'll have another kid, and that's fine either way. Um, but the really tough thing is that she never told her parents that she did IVF. And, you know, it's partly a cultural thing that people, you know, gossip and it's frowned upon when you can't have a baby and all of this stuff. And, you know, he wants her to tell her mom and she says that she will, but she has to figure out her her PR spin. It's like, yeah. But the scene with her and her mom ends up being really, really lovely because obviously it's it's emotional for her mom to realize that she's been carrying this burden and didn't feel like it was something that she could talk to her about sooner. But also it's like she understands. And I think that was what made it so lovely is that her mom was, she was upset that she hadn't been there for her. But then also she was, you know, happy to be more involved in getting this information and, it feels like this is the kind of thing that's actually going to make Jessel feel more supported and more comfortable with these types of things moving forward. And I think that's what she needs in terms of the kids and the fertility stuff. It just feels like she needs a little more support. And I'm, I'm happy now that if she's choosing to go through this journey again, that her mom will be able to be more of an active participant. I think that's lovely. (sighs) But anyway, that's all I have for today. Um, Until next time, enjoy your massive Jenna Lyons PR bag of gifts. Um, And don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.